This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, good morning. Welcome to a Thursday, 606, 61 degrees in downtown Boise. Stock market, not a good day again yesterday. However, looking like we might get off to a good start today. I want to go back to, you know, over a week ago where we were seeing uh, the day finishing up on the all three of the indexes almost every single day for two solid weeks. Mm-hmm. A little longer, actually. Yeah, I like that much, much like, better. I think it was 14 days in a row that it was up. Uh-huh. Longest uh, since 2016 or 2017 that we'd seen that many days and almost set a, a new record for consecutive days, as a matter of fact. Underway for a Thursday morning. Don't forget, we got football action, and I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I have been waiting for, uh, on this for, it seems like, months. Oh, it has been months. Yeah, Well, yes, it, it has, actually, since uh, basically the Super Bowl, which was in early February. This is the time of year where hope reigns supreme, where no matter how bad your team was last year, no matter how bad your team is expected to be this year, you're still starting the season in first place. Tied for first place. With the same record as everybody else. You have at least four weeks before you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. (laughs) And this is just preseason, but at least you get to see some football again tonight. Hall of Fame game was last week tonight. Seattle Seahawks will take on the Minnesota Vikings. Don't know how much the starters are going to play or if they will play at all, but at least you get a chance to see some actual, real NFL well, football. You get to see some guys trying to make the team who will probably play the best they can, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get to hear the action here, by the way. If you can't watch it, you can hear it here, uh, as you will all the games this year for the Seattle Seahawks, because we on, are on, your Treasure Valley voice of the Seattle Seahawks. On AM. Yeah, 670 AM. Uh, for those of you who are not Seattle or Minnesota fans, or you're not NFL football fans at all, Regular programming at 93.1 FM. So mm-hmm. um, that's going to be going on once again tonight. Um, who knows? We may even get to see uh, former Boise State running back Alexander Madison, who is now the starter in uh, Minnesota. Um, he's never been officially the team. I mean, he started games, but he's never been the starter because he's had somebody really good running back in front of him this whole time, who, by the way, I don't believe has a job yet. As good Mr. of a running back as he was, Mr. he was... Cook? Yeah, Dalvin Cook was one of the top five running backs last year and doesn't have a job. Nobody assigned him as of yet. And part of the problem yeah, is... He's just listed as a free agent right now. Nobody wants to pay running backs any longer because they're so interchangeable and not as important as the quarterback, Well, and not as important even as wide receivers anymore. They have the uh, unfortunate... Uh, Position. I mean, uh, some of them have nice long careers. Most of them don't. Don't. Yeah. Most of them are out of the league in about five or six years. The average. You know what the average life of a running back in the NFL is? What? Three years. Three years. Okay. That's the average. So they can have you know like a couple of good years and then sign a big contract and then they're gone. But if they don't make it to that second contract, yeah, they don't. They don't get the kind of money that will set them up for the rest of their life. And, and Dalvin Cook's only twenty eight. Yeah. Like I said, he was one of the top five running backs in the NFL. And, I mean, first, there were a couple of years where he couldn't remain healthy, but he's been relatively healthy for the last couple of years. I know a team that plays very near Washington, D.C. that could use him. <laughs> I, I think there's almost every team in the NFL could probably use him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seattle, you've got 
you know, two, you've got a rookie running back. They, they drafted two rookie running backs this year, and then they had uh, running back last year that is back. However, their starter and uh, second running back are both injured already, which has kind of been the problem with Seattle for the past decade. Ever since Marshawn Lynch left, they can't keep running backs healthy. Mm. Just goes to show how good so, Marshawn Lynch was. I've been watching Marshawn on TV. He's uh, it, th- There's a show where they're pretending to be on Mars, and uh, it's it's actually it's it's an interesting show, isn't it? Crazy for somebody who hated talking to the media or uh-huh. anybody for that matter while he was in the NFL. How much money he is making these days for talking? Yeah, that's pretty much all he does. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, I, he was one of those guys that I thought would just disappear, but people are willing to pay him money, and he's willing to take it, and good for him. Um, other things we're going to be talking about coming up here this this morning. The Maui fires is just sad. 36 people have now been killed by the fire in Maui. Um, t- over 270 buildings yeah, and counting have been destroyed. Some the, of those uh, buildings have been, are over seven, came from, have been there for, since the 1700s. There are roads from a little village that are blocked, and to get away from the fires, the people basically just had to go out into the ocean. The devastation. You know, when we were watching this yesterday in real time, we just it, they, you know this this story kind of started breaking while we were yeah. on the air yesterday morning, and you know I said, like, "Hey, fires in Maui!" And at first I thought, "Okay, we'll get they'll get those out quickly," and then later on in the afternoon, uh, you know, I'm seeing highlights and I'm just looking and seeing the video of these fires, and I'm just going, "Wow!" I go Lahaina, which is one of the most popular towns on Maui and there's not many of them but that's where everybody goes that's where a lot of the restaurants shopping centers uh, are there Um, it's just a huge tourist place and I mean it's basically destroyed I just you know and this is always the case I'm sure there are people in Maui right now who have like saved their whole lives for this trip and like hey we got here and it's on fire saw a story yesterday they were showing of uh, a couple with their kids and they had just got to Hawaii mm-hmm. um, you know literally hours before and they had uh, I think a condo um, that they had rented you know Airbnb or whatever sure. and decided hey let's go to the store and pick up you know stuff that we were going to need. So they left the store and they, and they went shopping. They, by the time they got back, uh, fire had started in uh, bushes around the house. They said they had just wow. enough time to go in the house, grab a change of clothes, and get out before the house burst into flames. And now they're, they're staying at temporary shelters that have been set up. Flights um, out of Maui have started again. So people that were there and didn't have a place yeah, to stay anymore because the place now. burned down... Um, are able to leave, and uh, pilots are, are seeing the you damage. You just don't think of Hawaii as a place that would have, you know, forest fires, wildfires, whatever. I mean, in this part of the country where we live, it's dry mm-hmm. a, a lot of the year. Uh, you know, uh, Colorado, Nevada, Utah, uh, Idaho, uh, Oregon, Washington, you know, fires, right, Montana. Uh, but Hawaii isn't dry. I mean, it rains every day in Hawaii, and it's very humid there, and yet it's on fire. Nobody knows exactly specifically what started the fires, but they are saying what exacerbated them. Uh, They believe that plantation owners, farmers, and developers uh, who planted non-native grasses Mm. because they wanted it to be pretty. 
<laughs> um, yeah, because it wasn't already, huh? <laughs> it wasn't pretty enough. They wanted they wanted grass, and they wanted it. You know, um, you know what would make this tropical island even better? <laughs> so that that is being blamed on the fact that so much of it is burned and caused the fires to continue, where these non native grasses, even though they don't know what the fire began with. Um, the other thing that um, caused it to be so devastating is that there's a hurricane a couple hundred miles away from Hawaii. Right. And, well, and, and a, those a, a, winds a whipped of, up the fires. Yeah, a whole bunch of power poles were knocked over as well. And I think that they're probably what partially started the fires. Could be. They haven't. I, I haven't heard an official um, cause of the fire as of yet, but... Um, you, you 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 just have you get the fire started. You have the non-native grasses that mm-hmm. you know this time of year started to do to dry out, and then you have a hurricane. Uh, you know, a few hundred miles that saw winds gusting from forty to fifty miles an hour, and it's almost impossible to fight a fire when you have that type of wind. So you had the perfect combination going on there that caused the devastation. Like I said, um, thirty-six people confirmed to have died because of the fires over 270 buildings and counting so far uh to have been uh, destroyed incredible. so incredible yeah just absolutely crazy uh 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless that's the phone number to get through if you want to take part in the uh, show today right now uh other things going on we've got sports this update is brought to you by pork belly in cuna the place to go for breakfast chef Oy is already there making up his deliciousness from scratch as he does every single day why because it's better from scratch. Get in. Don't believe us. Don't want to take our word for it. Test it out for yourself. They're open up in 45 minutes. Boise State on Wednesday got its 13th verbal commitment of the 2024 football recruiting season. Martin Connington of Mountain View High School is a kicker and punter. According to Cole's Professional Camps, Connington is the fifth best high school kicker and 14th best high school punter in the nation. He's the third Idahoan to commit to the Broncos this season, following Bora lineman Trevor McKenna and Burley wide receiver Gatlin Bear. Besides Boise State, Connington was recruited by Idaho, Oregon State, Texas, Texas A&M, North Carolina, and North Carolina State. Michael Lorenzen pitched in the All-Star Game in July as a member of the American League team representing the Detroit Tigers. Before the August 1st trade deadline, he was traded to the Philadelphia Phillies. Last night, he started for the Phillies for just the second time, and he threw a no-hitter against the Washington Nationals, the team that I root for. The um, wow, how, uh, So uh, naturally, I was watching the game. How, how do you throw a no-hitter against such a good team like that? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the Phillies won the game 7 nothing. It's the, the fourth no-hitter of the 2023 Major League season. The first Phillies no-hitter since won by Cole Hamels in 2015. And the first home no-hitter in Philadelphia since Hall of Famer Roy Holiday threw one in 2010. It's also the first time the Nationals have ever been no-hit. Lorenzen issued four walks in the game. He's been a major leaguer since 2015. He pitched for the Cincinnati Reds for seven years, then the Angels for a year, mostly in relief, before playing for Detroit and Philadelphia this season. That's sports. By the way, uh, before we move on, um, I hate to rub even more, but since you brought up Washington and yeah. uh, pitching, uh stat yesterday from the game, and we were talking off-air about uh, Logan Gilbert and the amazing pitching performance he had against San Diego. Um, I saw a stat yesterday about a former player from the uh, Nationals, uh, Juan Soto, mm-hmm. a really good player who plays for San Diego right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan Gilbert struck him out three times, marking the first time in uh, Soto's career 
that he has ever been struck out three times in a row by a right-handed pitcher. Wow. <sighs> That's pretty impressive. Kind of surprised he doesn't still play for Washington then. <laughs> you know, with that kind of stat, uh, it almost sounds like he did play for Washington. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, didn't he? Didn't mean to rub more salt into the wound. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624, East Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Uh, you can always participate in the show by calling us or emailing chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. You can also text. Uh, we've got some texts in this morning. It's a, uh, hey, you guys. Here, let me do that right. Hey, you guys. Yeah, you sound just, just like Rita Moreno back in what the early the 70s. What heck happened to Nate Shellman? I'm sitting a- in my tractor, and I got to listen to some clown put Nate back on. Nate was fired. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Let's start a rumor. Don't, Nate, don't was, even, Nate was let go. Don't even. Don't even no, he was not. <laughs> he don't, said some crazy thing in his afternoon show, and he's gone. Don't even say that. You know there's a certain number of people who believe the first thing they hear. No, Nate's on vacation. He it quit. Was, he it, won the lottery, oh and he quit. God. You're asking for it, I swear. <laughs> He's, he, he can't hear me. It, well, Nate Shellman is not here anymore because uh, he is going to run. He's going to run uh, for the state senate in, in, in 2024. So he's on vacation. Going to be a politician with his wife because it was their wedding anniversary this past weekend, and they went on vacation. And he'll be back next week. Went on vacation separately from his oh, wife. Shut up. <laughs> uh, now, now, Rick uh, Worthington, he did. Uh, resigned from KBOI, he moved to Bend, Oregon, and, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on him. He got married on Monday. He got married. He done got married. Yeah, that's. I mean, he good for him. He basically went to uh, Bend for uh, a woman and has now married her. So you know, well done there. I yeah. Guess. Oh well, and as much crap as he has put up with for the last yeah. five six years since I've known him, his, he, he his, deserves some happiness. His his wife uh, passed away of cancer, and he had a, a child that passed away of cancer, and and so they had a lot of heartache the past few years, and you know, more power to him. Yeah. A couple more uh, texts, just real quickly, because I did want to address this. It says, uh, "Are you aware that your radio station is breaking up?" And by the way, these came, these came in yesterday afternoon. Um, and then uh, another one, uh, once again, saying, hey, your radio station it keeps dropping out. What's going on? Has nothing to do with us. Radio station is fine. Solar flares were causing problems with uh, radio signals all day yesterday. With so appara- AM? Yeah. So apparently yeah. there was uh, big solar flares that were happening. So um, if, if you were hearing your radio dropping out, um, it's not your radio. It's not our transmitter. We have a brand new transmitter, by the way. Um, it's because a, of solar flares were causing wasn't problems. Wasn't there a Melly Vanilli song, Blame It on the Sun? Mm-hmm. No, that was Blame It on the Rain. Blame it on the, yeah. KBOI News Time, 627. Once again, Dow Futures up almost 200 points this morning, one hour ahead of the opening. Uh, we'll find out what's driving that this morning. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in about 50 minutes. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 633, once again, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. 61 degrees in downtown Boise, 208-336-3700. Hound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you are listening anywhere in the world. Toll-free number to call 1-800-529-5264. And I bring up uh, if you are listening anywhere in the world, because we have people who listen all over the world. 
We have uh, proof this morning from an email we got. Mike at KBY.com from uh, Stephen says, I heard Nate was uh, taking time off to go get some coaching on improving his show. All these years of being third best has finally gotten to him. <laughs> oh, goodness. Love your show, Stephen from Melbourne, Australia. All right. I like you, Stephen. Thank you for listening in Melbourne. Yeah. Appreciate that. I think that might be Good eye, about the furthest away that we've ever had anybody actually uh, listening. I mean, we've, right. we get emails from time to time from the Nordic countries actually listening on the radio because they get well, the we, skip. We, we get them from, I mean, there are people uh, either working in Africa or serving missions in Africa, things like that, who uh, get hold of us and say, hey, listen to you every morning. Yeah. Um, I don't. They, they want a little piece of home. Um, and Stephen, you you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I have a feeling that we don't. Our signal doesn't get to Australia. Well, not every day, probably. Um, I'm just guessing the scale. I mean, that's a long ways away. Although our AM signal has been picked up in Australia, but it's been a while back. Yeah. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to participate in the uh, show today, um, another thing we're going to be talking about coming up here uh, in just a little bit. Um, remember the Patriot. Front members, they uh, were arrested in Coeur d'Alene, um, planning on protesting. Yeah. They uh, had a, what was it, a U-Haul truck that had <laughs> like 20-some yeah, members were, inside. I think they were all in the back of the U-Haul, yeah. Uh, five Patriot Front members are suing now. They're suing a man who infiltrated their organization and recorded some of their conversations, got their names, and then publicly outed them, and they ended up getting fired from their jobs. We'll talk a little bit about this. I'm interested to get your take on this. Is this something that is bad, or is the fact that you're the patriot front and some of your ideologies are bad, and you got called out on them? Were you fired because you got called out, or were you fired because your company didn't necessarily want you working there because of the way you think the way you act we'll talk about that a little bit later stick around kby news time 636 the great one mark levin tonight at seven now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 642-208-336-3700, pound 670 if you have a Verizon wireless phone. So you want to take part in the show, it's always encouraged. Also, um, that's the numbers that you would use to try and get a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. We'll be giving that away with a Casper and Chris. Do you have any impossible question later this morning? So you want to lock that in, you can do this. You see the story um, this week? 17-year-old cousin of the gunman who killed 21 people in Uvalde, Texas at the elementary school back in 2022 arrested this week after being accused of threats to execute his own mass shooting. Oh, wow. Nathan Cruz, cousin of Salvador Ramos, who uh, was reportedly arrest, uh, arrested on Monday in San Antonio. Ramos fatally shot 19 children and two teachers at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde back in May of 2022. According to the arrest warrant, Cruz told his sister he would do the same thing as his cousin. That's when his sister told their mother. His mother also heard her son on the phone trying to illegally purchase an AR-15. Cruz, who was also accused of threatening to shoot his sister, was arrested after the mom did what she should have done 
and called police. Sergeant Washington Morosco of the San Antonio Police Department said that God knows what would have happened if mom hadn't done the right thing. By the way, Cruz lives right across the street from a San Antonio elementary school. Boy, not the sharpest family tree, but good good thing the mother was in it. It's what is so upsetting to this family that they think that the way to fix it is shooting up an elementary school. Hard to say. And once again, you got to say kudos to the mom because the mom, you know, there there are probably a lot of mothers out there who, who wouldn't turn would, in their wouldn't own son. turn in their own son. They would have probably you know, most of them probably tried to tried to protect them, tried to talk him out of it. Something, something, and you know, not doing anything, and then all of a sudden you get faced with the fact that uh, your kid somehow, even though he's only seventeen years years old, got a gun. They didn't say, um, you know, who he was talking to or what he was doing. In, in trying to illegally purchase. I mean, the fact that he was trying to purchase a gun in and itself is illegal because he's only 17 years old. Yeah. But my guess is if he's on the phone trying to purchase a gun, he's probably not trying to purchase purchase it from a uh, registered... Yeah, more than likely. ...gun sales place would be my guess. But anyway, it sounds like, at least for now, crisis averted. But since he was trying to purchase it, it, it sounds like he was willing to go through it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, good for the mother. KBY News Time is uh, 645. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again this morning, uh, you're looking for a great, delicious breakfast, lunch, or maybe you don't have time, but uh, you definitely want to get your day started off with uh, some coffee or an energy drink. You can go through the uh, drive-thru at Pork Belly in CUNA. They open up at the same time at 7 o'clock. Don't even have to get out of your car. You just go in, place your order, boom, you're off and going. Get into the Pork Belly in CUNA. They open up 7 a.m. this morning. When the NCAA ad- adopted the new NIL policy, meaning name, image, likeness, allowing college athletes to make money from advertising and endorsements, Texas A&M created an in-house fundraising effort for NIL money called the 12th Man Plus Fund. It was administered by the 12th Man Foundation, the Aggies Booster Organization. For the time being, the fund has been shut down. The IRS informed the 12th Man Foundation that running the fund meant they could soon lose their 501c3 designation as a nonprofit. Former Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III is going to prison. In November of 2021, Ruggs crashed his Corvette into a RAV4 on a Las Vegas street, driving 150 miles an hour with a blood alcohol content of .16, killing a woman and her dog. Ruggs pleaded guilty to a felony charge of driving under the influence, resulting in a death and a misdemeanor charge of vehicular manslaughter. Wednesday, Ruggs was sentenced to a term of three to ten years. Meanwhile, former NFL defensive back Bashad Breland, who led the Kansas City Chiefs to a victory over the 49ers in Super Bowl 54 with seven tackles and an interception in the game, was arrested in Charlotte, North Carolina early Tuesday morning. Breland was pulled over driving a Mercedes-Benz SUV stolen from Florida on which the vehicle identification number, the VIN, had been illegally altered. He was arrested in possession of two AR-15s, two AK-47s, a number of handguns, five pounds of marijuana, still illegal in North Carolina, and 62 grams of psilocybin mushrooms. That's sports. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
7.06. Dow is now up 240 points. S&P 34. NASDAQ up 164. Keep in mind, these are all futures, but it's looking like we could see a good day. I'm just curious as to uh, what has turned the stock market around this week, because so far, uh, first three days, not so great. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here, find out what's driving, uh, what news is driving uh, this resurgence uh, this morning. I'm not complaining about it. I think it's great news. Uh, got a text message back, or an email back from Stephen from uh, Melbourne, Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, said, thanks for the shout-out, guys. I listened to your show on KBOI.com here in Australia. Stephen, once again, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. What time is it in Australia right now? Is it uh, tomorrow or yesterday? Let's see. Because all the stuff, if it's yesterday, this is all old news that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> if it's it tomorrow. Is, right now, it's 11.07 p.m., uh, but it's still Thursday. Still Thursday. All right. Yeah. Just 11.07 p.m. Thursday. So all this is old news to you now because we're so far ahead of you. Uh, but thanks, Stephen. Stephen, you're our representative in Australia, so your one job is to go out and try to get more listeners there in Australia because we want to start, you know, having advertisers advertise to people. In a, mm. Hey, thanks for listening. I'll just keep it at that. Yeah. Thanks to anyone in <laughs> Victoria or the greater Melbourne area. Thanks thanks to anyone listening at all for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, one thing that we've talked about this week, and, and quite frankly, uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but I did not uh, expect to end up covering this for now. This will be th- three days that we've talked about this. Uh, I thought we would spend just a little bit of time um, on Bidenomics on Tuesday, but then it spilled over to yesterday. And uh, the question just came out, you know, basically to set things up is Bidenomics is what is being touted by Joe Biden right now because they have to change the narrative some way because presidents who are running for re-election don't usually get re-elected if the economy is not doing good. Um, You might not be able to do anything about the economy in such a short amount of time between now and November of next year, um, but you can change how people maybe view the economy by changing the way you talk about it. And that's what we're seeing with Joe Biden um, and talking about Bidenomics and trying to claim that, you know, the economy is better. So we asked earlier this week, just in your personal opinion, is the economy doing well for you? Now, I bring this up again because uh, this was an interview yesterday with Corrine Jean-Pierre, the uh, press secretary for the Biden administration. She was on CNN yesterday talking about the uh, numbers, it's, it's a pretty interesting thing. And once again, I, I mentioned CNN. It's usually pretty nice to the Biden administration. Um, the anchor uh, confronted KGP and said, uh, literally, why fuse his name with economics if the numbers are so bad? Take a listen. For his handling of the economy, is it 37 percent, 30 percent on inflation specifically? From the White House perspective, why is there disparity between the good story, the narrative you think you have to tell, and how it's received by the American people? So a couple of things, Victor. Look, as we know, polls don't show everything. They don't tell the full story, as you just stated. And we have to remember, if you look at where we were back in the fall of 2022 during the midterm elections, when the president delivered a historic uh, midterms for uh, for Democrats, when we think about how, uh, as a as a Democratic president, he uh, delivered a victory that we hadn't seen in decades, right? And he led that messaging throughout those months going into November. 
November. And we are in a stronger position now than we were back uh, back then in the fall. And so that is important to note. Look, there's a there's a lot going on in this country, and we understand that you know Americans are coming out of a pandemic. Uh, we are dealing uh, we're dealing with a lot when you think about uh, the economy. But here's the thing: this is a president who has spent the last two years turning the economy around. You hear us talk about Bidenomics. You just mentioned how we're doing this West uh, this kind of this West Coast swing, talking directly uh, to the American people about how wages are actually going up, about how inflation is going down over a long extended period of time, more than uh, more than uh, 12 months. That is important. That is important. Consumer confidence is up. And so when you see unemployment is lower than 4% that has been steady for some time, this is what we are going to talk about. This is why the president is going out there. It's going to talk directly to the American people to have that conversation. Again, polls don't tell the, the entire story. We're going to continue to tell our story, tell what we have done in the past two years. When you think about creating 13.5 wow. million jobs, that is all important. And so this is why I'm on with all of with the both of you to talk about that, to make sure that the president's message is reaching your viewers. You are telling the story. There, There is a narrative to tell that, that the numbers are changing. Let me ask you about something here that the branding, you just use the word, we have it on screen, Bidenomics. Um, we know the polls show that people are pretty sour, at least half American people are sour on the economy. Isn't that just dangerous getting closer to the election if things take a downturn? If, as the CBO predicts, unemployment will get closer to 4.7 percent by Election Day, that you've got a narrative now of Bidenomics and things going in a certain way, but that can quickly turn in the opposite direction. Why literally fuse the president's name with the, the economics that Americans aren't very happy with? Well, here's the thing. Bidenomics is indeed working when, when we say that you look at the data, right? Look, Cost, cost is going down, right? We think about inflation. When you think about wages going up, that is binomics. Look, the president has always believed, not just as president, but as vice president, as a senator, that we need to build an economy that is building from the bottom up, middle out, right? We need to make sure we leave no one behind. He came from a middle class family. You heard him talk about growing up in Scranton, what that means. He understands what the American people have gone go through, right? Sitting at your kitchen table once a month, trying to figure out how to pay those bills. So this is why we talk about it in this way, because yeah. this is what he believes. And then let's not forget, you know, you have Republicans out there, especially in Congress, who want to do the opposite. You think about the Inflation Reduction Act that's going to help with the deficit. That's actually going to help make investments. We're talking about you guys were talking about what was going on in Hawaii. Climate change is affecting so many communities and they want to I'm, repeal that. I'm glad. <sighs> Are you going to believe Biden or your own lying eyes? <laughs> Costs are not uh, going Jessica, down. That that's the the craziest thing. Costs are going down. No, no they're, they're not going they're, down. They're going up more slowly. Maybe, that's maybe. what they're doing. They're not going down. They're going up more slowly than they did a year ago. You know, every political story depends upon basically who's telling the story. What you know, what gets emphasized and what you know the old story about how. There were two newspapers in town, and one of them, the headline in the morning, was Mayor Saves Three-Year-Old from Dog Mauling, and then the other one was Mayor Kills Beloved Family Pet. <laughs> and it was the same story. Yeah. Well, and, that, and this just goes to prove our point of, politically, he has to get this out there, because he can't change the economy. He can only change what Americans think about their own economy. Yeah. 
that's what he has to try to do. He has to try and, and get. And we were just walking while he was playing there, watching Fox Business. Um, you know, his, his approval numbers right now that just came out: forty-one percent approve of the job he's doing, fifty-four percent disapprove. That's overall, not just just on the uh, economy. But like I said, presidents who are in bad economies don't do well when it comes to re-election. Incumbents who don't uh, aren't overseeing a good economy. Uh, have a tendency to the voters go, well, screw this. Uh, my pocketbook is much more empty. Um, I want somebody else to come in there and do that. So uh, you can't change the economy. So what do you do? You change the way, try and change the way people think about yeah, messaging the economy. Is, is, is very important. I don't have any more money today, but I feel better about it. That's what they're basically yeah. trying to do. KBOI Newstime, 715. Uh, let's get another check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. They are open for lunch, as they are every day, seven days a week. At 7 a.m., 7 to 2, breakfast and lunch. Get in today. Uh, by the way, try out anything on the menu, but uh, special try out the chicken fried steak, some of the best you're going to find anywhere at Pork Belly and Cuna. Boise State on Wednesday got its 13th verbal commitment of the 2024 football recruiting season. Martin Connington of Mountain View High School is a kicker and punter. According to Cole's professional camps, Connington is the fifth best high school kicker and 14th best high school punter in the nation. He's the third Idahoan to commit to the Broncos this season, following Bora lineman Trevor McKenna and Burley wide receiver Gatlin Bear. Besides Boise State, Connington was recruited by Idaho, Oregon State, Texas Texan, uh, Texas A&M, North Carolina, and North Carolina State. That, that is pretty impressive when it comes to recruiting. You have the, and both of them are from Idaho, which is cool. Right. You have the fifth best kicker in the nation and the ninth best wide receiver in the entire nation, both coming from Idaho. Both have committed to Boise State. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Michael Lorenzen pitched in the All-Star Game in July as a member of the American League team, representing the Detroit Tigers. Before the August 1st trade trade deadline, he was traded to the Philadelphia Phillies. Last night, he started for the Phillies for just the second time, and he threw a no-hitter against the Washington Nationals. The Phillies won 7-0. It's the fourth no-hitter of the 2023 Major League season, the first Phillies no-hitter since won by Cole Hamels in 2015, and the first home no-hitter in Philadelphia since Hall of Famer Roy Holiday threw one in 2010. It's also the first time the Nationals have ever been no-hit. Lorenzen issued four walks in the game. He's been a major leaguer since 2015. He pitched for the Cincinnati Reds for seven years, then the Angels for a year before playing for Detroit and Philadelphia this season. That's sports. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Oh, Dow's up uh, almost a couple hundred points. S&P up, NASDAQ up. Uh, big change from what we've seen so far this week, which would be a really nice change. Um, apparently, a lot of this has to do with the consumer price index numbers coming out this morning. And uh, stock market looks like they like them. What What do the numbers say, Jeremiah? Yeah, it's it's interesting. If you're if we're looking at the overall the the headline CPI number, which does include food and energy costs, it actually showed a slight increase 
from the month of July going into going into from June. So you saw a gain 3.2%, which surprisingly ended the streak of 12 consecutive declines of that year-over-year rate of inflation. So again, uh, expectations were that it was going to increase a little bit more. So even though it did increase, it came under the next, came under expectations. And now if we remove the food and energy component of the CPI, known as the core CPI, that showed it moving down four to 4.7% year over year, which is the lowest reading that we've seen it since October 21. So, Service costs are, are showing persistent strength. You have shelter, which re- represents a very large portion of the CPI category. We're starting to see that trend down, which is good because that is a bit of a lagging indicator that we've been really hopeful to see cause a move more weight in these headline numbers that we're seeing. So again, with shelter and rent starting to come down, we're seeing a mo- uh, that modest gain for the month of July. It is an encouraging sign that we're continuing to see inflation moderating. But now the question now becomes, is that enough on for the Federal Reserve to continue a pause when it comes around to September? Uh, I still think that they'll pause. I don't think they're going to be aggressive with raising rates. I think they want to continue to see some month-over-month data where it kind of averages out. We see that la- those lagging portions of the inflation data with your, ho- with your shelter and rent and housing. Once that starts to trickle in, we could probably get a more a more realistic outlook on where the inflation numbers actually lie. But that may take a couple months, so I think the Federal Reserve will sit tight. But we're still uh, we're still ways away from that two percent number that they're hoping for. So they could come in a little bit more aggressive with some interest rate hikes. But I anticipate them to sit tight for now. So um, we have any more numbers coming out tomorrow? I know the consumer price index today. Producer price indexes released tomorrow. Thought. So that and that measure prices at the wholesale level. So really, the idea there is that if we're, if producers at the wholesale level are dealing with higher inflation and higher costs for doing businesses or for doing business, that is likely going to trickle down to the consumer. Now, what we've seen thus far, especially this year, these two numbers have kind of gone hand in hand. So I don't anticipate a large uh, or a, a surprise to the upside for the producer price index. It'll largely be a Maybe a slight miss or a slight gain, but really not a, not enough to move move a reaction. But I, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. <laughs> and I guess we'll find out tomorrow morning if uh, if I'm right or if I'm an idiot. <laughs> hey, uh, the the first thing is to admit it. So thank you for doing that. Uh, Dow up 175 points just uh, a few minutes ahead of the opening. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, you'll give us a few more updates as the day goes on, and we'll uh, talk to you again as usual, usual time tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 741, 65 degrees in downtown Boise. Uh, Enjoy the cooler temperatures. Only going to be about 90 today. We'll get into the mid-90s this weekend. However... Uh, looking ahead to the extended forecast next week, triple digits again. You know why? Why? Because you can never have a Western Idaho Fair or a Caldwell Night Rodeo right. where you don't see at least one day with 100 degree temperatures. Yeah, traditionally that's the day that I go to the fair. Yeah, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it true? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, what day am I going? Um, well, let me know which day is 100, and that's the day you'll be going which, to the Caldwell Night Rodeo or the fair, whichever one. What attraction did you like best? Oh, the shade over there was. <laughs> I found that fascinating. <laughs> and it was free, which is also good. Um, uh, Anheuser-Busch uh, 
still feeling the effects of the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco, and uh, now it's touched a uh, brewery here in Boise. Anheuser-Busch is going to be selling eight beverage brands to a cannabis company, including a popular Boise beverage brand. brand. The owner of uh, Bud Light selling eight of its beverage brands, according to the Wall Street Journal. Tilray Brands, a purchaser, currently the largest cannabis country in the world, working to push its way into the alcohol beverage market. <laughs> its acquisition of eight brands positions it to become the fifth largest craft beer brewer in the nation with a 5% share of the market. Among the brands being sold to Tilray from Anheuser-Busch are Shock Top, Blue Point, Breckenridge Brewery, and Boise's Ten Barrel uh, Brew Pub. There we go. There you go. Uh, the purchase amount, which Forbes report uh, being around $85 million, will be paid in cash at the end of the year. Sale comes after Anheuser-Busch has laid off hundreds of workers in July as sales of its uh, brew Bud Light continue to flounder. Controversy stemming from Bud Light's previous partnership with transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney uh, preceded the $395 million in lost sales as consumers boycotted the brand. Modelo, by the way, has now since replaced Bud Light as the top-selling beer brand in the United States. And by the end of the year so far uh, bud light is still the number one selling beer so far this year but they said by the end of the year it'll be Modelo. Modelo should overtake it for the entire year now on a month-to-month basis Modelo has already passed but how long will it be before now granted in idaho this this wouldn't be legal but how long is it going to be before you see a company like this who is the largest cannabis country in the world start to make a cannabis beer <laughs> uh, right oh, i mean think about it they probably already have i just don't know about it yeah um i would be willing to bet that we see that soon at least in least in states where I mean, there it are, is legal there are edibles i guess there, there are drinkables i don't know if there are drinkables or not hey somebody who is uh, into the drug co- hunter biden if you're listening this morning can you give us a call and let us know is there a drinkable cannabis not necessarily a beer, but just anything where you get the effects of marijuana, but you get a drink it instead of using an edible or smoking it. I don't know. Not involved enough. Somebody listening would know. I, I, I've never heard that he listens to this station, but I, you never know. 208 336 We got somebody in Melbourne. We, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Have Hunter Biden. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Time for another check. One final time on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Check out their menu before you head out. Uh, you might want to... Uh, it, it would be a little difficult because you're going, I want that, I want that, I want that. Um, you can get it. You can also get it to take home. Don't forget, through the drive-thru, you cannot order your food through the drive-thru. However, you can call in your order and pick it up through the drive-thru. Get into Pork Belly today. When the NCAA adopted the new NIL policy, meaning name, image, likeness, allowing college athletes to make money from advertising and endorsements, Texas A&M created an in-house fundraising effort for NIL money called the 12th Man Plus Fund. It was administered by the 12th Man Foundation, the Aggies Booster Organization. For the time being, the fund has been shut down. The IRS informed the 12th Man Foundation that running the fund meant they could soon lose their 501c3 designation as a nonprofit. 
Former Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III is going to prison. In November of 2021, Ruggs crashed his Corvette into a RAV4 on a Las Vegas street, driving 150 miles per hour with a blood alcohol content of .16, killing a woman and her dog. Ruggs pleaded guilty to a felony charge of driving under the influence resulting in a death and a misdemeanor charge of vehicular manslaughter. Wednesday, Ruggs was sentenced to a term of three to ten years. Meanwhile, former NFL defensive back Bashad Breland, who led the Kansas City Chiefs to a victory over the 49ers in Super Bowl 54 with seven tackles and an interception, was arrested in Charlotte, North Carolina early Tuesday morning. Breland was pulled over driving a Mercedes-Benz SUV that had been stolen from Florida and on which the vehicle identification number, the VIN, had been illegally altered. He was arrested in possession of two AR-15s, two AK-47s, a number of handguns, five pounds of marijuana, which, by the way, is still (laughs) illegal in North Carolina, and 62 grams of psilocybin mushrooms. That's uh, the crime report. I mean, that's sports. 62 grams. How much is that? Uh, Do you know? I have no idea. But five pounds of marijuana is a lot. I mean, that's not something you're sitting down and in five minutes to an hour going, all right, let's get through this. Uh, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not good at the Six, 62 grams of mushrooms is about half of a cup. So that's about eight ounces. I, I have no idea. See, and once again, I'm not into this culture, but I think, it, I mean, when it comes to mushrooms, you just, you know, eat one, don't you? Not like you sit down and again. <laughs> make a cup of soup out of it. Again, don't know. KBOI News Time, 747. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Is there anyone out there who still isn't clear about what doing drugs does? This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Okay, but but what this if you is, what if you drink your drugs in the form of uh, marijuana this, beer? I always love that parody where it's a, this is your brain with a side of bacon. <laughs> um, Corey writes in Mike at KBY.com. Bogus bacon. Bake, bo- see, now you got bacon on my brain. Bogus Basin. It was there anyway. Had some hemp beer a few years back. It was nasty. It smelled, looked, and tasted like dirty bong water. Okay, once again, I'm not talking about beer that tastes like marijuana. I'm talking about beer made from marijuana where you actually get the high from it. Is there a beer out there like that? THC in it. Yes. Okay. John from Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hi, John. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know that I do know there is one. Not Your Dad's Hard Root Beer makes one. Uh, (laughs) My father lives in a state where it's legal, and he has uh, multiple forms of terminal cancer, and that's one of the only things he's found that tends to help with the nausea and pain. Really? But I know for sure not your dad's hard root beer. They have that, and then there's also multiple uh, soda-type beverages that he has found as well. Okay. So, sorry to hear, sorry to hear about your dad. Sorry to hear about your dad. Sorry to hear about your dad. It's part of life. Yeah, I appreciate okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to answer that question for All you guys. Right. I know okay. that there's for sure that one. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Little, uh, Rich and little, little feedback. There. Yeah, a little bit. Rich and Boise. Uh, yes. Uh, well, when when you ask about that, I had a sample can of 
Ranch. <laughs> root beer in my, in my refrigerator. I had a sample, just a sample. Was it that same stuff, the Not Your Dad's uh, no, Hard Root Beer? No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sample can that they passed out, except because it's a sample can, they, a sample, they didn't have... They didn't have the THC in it, but it was the same root beer. Mm. But it took me 10 minutes to figure out how to open the damn can. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's got some sort of childproof thing on there and, and no directions. I was, I, It had a little safety seal you had to cut, and I was messing around, and I finally got one tab to flip up. Still couldn't drink it. Then, then figured out how you had to slide the tab forward to drink it. So, But it... it, uh, it because it was a sample, they didn't put the THC in it because they were right. just handing them out. But All it right. tastes pretty much like root beer. But as far as your grams of mushrooms, you don't have to know about drugs to know how many grams are in an ounce. You just have to know about measurements. Yeah. Well, and I don't know anything <laughs> about metric measurements. So that's well, that's why I asked. There's, that's, about, that's about two ounces. Oh, it is? Uh, okay. about, there's about there's 29 grams to an ounce, so it's a little over slightly over two ounces got it thanks for the call 208-336-3700 pound 670 in your verizon wireless get 670 kboi on alexa first say alexa enable the 670 kboi skill then when you want to listen say alexa open 670 kboi now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi it is 8.06, currently 68 degrees in downtown Boise. Update on the stock market here just real quickly. Uh, Dow is doing very well today, up 440 points. All three of the indexes uh, are currently up almost 200 points on the NASDAQ. So it's uh, doing very very well this, this morning. Um, might even make up for the uh, three previous days of down days that we've had in the uh, stock market this week. Uh, currently... Uh, as I mentioned, 68 degrees in downtown Boise. Chris Walton, Mike Casper, and on the phone line with us this morning, we have Dan Nelson, who is the founder of the Aaron Butler Memorial Purple Heart Run, which will be going on again this year, coming up on August 19th at Eagle Island State Park. Dan, thanks for uh, being with us for a few minutes this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us about the uh, Aaron Butler Memorial Purple Heart Run. How did this start? How long has it been going on? Give us some of the background. Yeah, it started in, uh, well, five years ago. This is our fifth anniversary, and it's been different places throughout then because I don't know if you recall, but in 2020, some stuff happened that made it hard to do big events inside the city. Um, So we've done it at uh, the Eagle Bike Park. We've done it in Garden City. Uh, Garden Valley, which was a great venue, and then we've, uh, for the past two years, been at Eagle Island State Park. The whole event started as a memorial to our teammate and fallen brother. Um, obviously, Aaron Butler was a Green Beret who was killed in Afghanistan on August 16th, uh, 2017, and since then, we just knew we couldn't not do something unique and special because of how unique and special he actually was as a, as a young man and as a warrior. And it really, the whole event is way more than a run. Like, it's all volunteer-led. We're not working ourselves in any kind of jobs by doing this. It's just a bunch of combat vets that truly believe in getting the community together to share the memories and legacies of our fallen brothers and sisters. I see you have a, a 5K, a 10K. There's a youth 5K. And then an unknown distance run. What? <laughs> what? Can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a pretty simple concept, honestly. People don't know how far they're going to run until they cross the finish line. But we do guarantee that it'll be no less 
than 400 meters and no more than 50 kilometers. So we've had it all over the place. Uh, well, I'm glad you were able to narrow uh, it down. Yeah, well, we've had it all over the board, and it's funny, no matter what we uh, have done, I think uh, two years ago, it was about 15 miles with a whole lot of elevation gain, really challenging course, and people, uh, you know, well, some of them had uh, some complaints about that, and then last year, it was about a mile and a half, and some people had complaints about that, so, you know, it's always a fun thing, but if people sign up for it, they know what they're getting into, as far as they know they're not going to know. And there's a variety of uh, things that people can wear, not just standard running attire, but other stuff too, right? Oh, yeah. We got people out there and, you know, everything from full, um, you know, tactical gear. You know, Ada County Sheriff's Office is always out there. Boise Police is always out there. We love having all the first responder groups because we share, you know, a common bond and brotherhood between the military and folks like that. But, uh, yeah, you'll see you guys out there quite a bit in uh, Ranger panties, which is a term I'm not sure everyone's familiar with. Basically, they're... Are you still there? I am. Oh, okay. okay. He dropped out there for a second. Was, was uh, you said Ranger panties? Was that what the, correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. They're military style, like silky type of shorts. Ah. Happen to be yeah, rather on the short side. <laughs> that's that sounds a little <laughs> bit better than Ranger panties. Um, the other thing I I, I see that um, for an extra degree of awesomeness, which it, it, it sounds more to me like torture, but you can run with a rucksack, military uniform, boots, and body armor. Oh yeah, absolutely. How many people do I mean, that? Quite a few. We've we you know we've had thousands over the years do it, and uh, some of the people really, you'd be surprised at how much they like to push themselves. And uh, like I said, it's it's like this emotional and educational experience overall. It's not just you know even though it's centered around something physical, we always we bring people together to laugh, to cry, to sweat, and honestly to to party because even though we're all you know combat wounded folks that started this like we don't want to be thanked for our service to be honest like we just want our community to share you know in the right. memories and carry carry the memories of our folks so it doesn't become a blurb in a history book tell us about the after party it's a it's a family thing right yeah it's a family thing um we have all kinds of veteran-owned businesses that come out there we have some amazing uh partners in the community that always donate things like hawk tech arms always donates a, an auction you know rifle um, same thing with uh, Overland Armament, Founding Fathers Armory. Um, so there's a lot of those things that can be auctioned off. But in addition to that, we have like a Nerf, uh, like a Nerf range for the kids. We have the Boise Police Activities League out there with their cars. Usually, Ada County brings out their Bearcat for the kids to crawl around in. Um, and then a lot of stories are shared. Their guest speakers that come on um, really just want to share about their experience of service and sacrifice. And the president of our organization is Adam Butler, who is Aaron's brother, and he comes up from Utah every year to uh, to speak, and it's pretty, it's always moving. Um, how much does it cost to participate in the race? Uh, for youth, it's always $25. So anyone under the age of 18 that wants to sign up for the youth 5K, it's 25 bucks. And then uh, the sliding scale right now, like tonight we'll be at the Refuge restaurant, um, down off Park Center, and we'll have uh, some discount codes that can people can get like fifteen twenty dollars off. But the highest uh, cost for registration will be fifty five dollars right now. Now, race, race proceeds go to the Aaron Butler Memorial Foundation, and what does the foundation do? Uh, two things: we do our Purple Heart Run, uh, which is the annual thing that we're talking about here on August nineteenth, and then we do youth leadership development um, activities where we bring again um, veterans um, like ourselves that to come and connect with youth sports teams and we've done everything from Boise 
Boise High School's girls' soccer team to Oahe High School's wrestling team and everywhere in, in between to do something positive and teach them about how significant we think it is. Um, well, the principles of, of service, community-minded, sacrifice, and leadership. And if somebody wants to participate, how would they go about that? Well, they can go to ABMF, like Alpha, Bravo, Mike Foxtrot, info. Um, and, you know, that would be the number one step where you could learn more about the foundation and our run. And really, you know, I would encourage people to talk to other folks that have done it sometime in the past five years because, man, there's so many different types of veteran events and there's so many different types of runs. And this walks a really bizarre independent path of its own as a, as a group and as an experience that I think is uh, hard to explain until you see it. All right, Aaron Butler, Memorial Purple Heart Run, Eagle Island State Park, happening on August 19th at no, 0900. That's 9 a.m., right? Yep. Okay, just making, just making sure. Um, Dan Nelson, founder of the Memorial Run, thank you for taking a few minutes with us this morning. Much appreciated. And I know you, you said you don't do this and don't like the recognition, but, uh, Dan, thank you for your service. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. 814 that's uh there you go you want to you want to you want to yeah. get a, a a good workout um run what what was it what did he say 5k to a 50 no he, he said that the, the unknown distance run would be at minimum of 400 meters and at maximum i think he said like 50 kilometers <laughs> yeah um so yeah and do that with the rucksack and the body armor and uh, combat boots and i mean you want a really good workout holy cow I, I was thinking that maybe that might be one of those, and I don't know if you've seen some of those memorial runs that take place, that they, it's 100, 100 feet. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> it's like, that's more my speed. 100 feet, and oh, they like, have a beer waiting for like, you at the end. Like Santa Claus runs, <laughs> yeah. and Thanksgiving Day runs, stuff like that. Uh, no, this one sounds super, super really? challenging. And uh, once again, it is for a great cause. So uh, once again, thank you, uh, Dan Nelson. We'll take a break. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Those are the numbers to know if you want to try and win. On their Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It will be coming up here next. $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida could be yours. Don't go away. It's coming up right after traffic weather. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 823. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible questions. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Looking to get into a home. Want to know what your home is worth? Whether it's a good time to uh, sell, they can give you a comparable market analysis. It's absolutely free. Help you decide whether or not it's time to sell your home. Just call 208-888-4128. Jennifer is going to get first crack at our uh, question today. Try to get that $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. Jennifer, uh, I'll bet you're a Sarah Michelle Geller fan, aren't you? Sure. She's great. <laughs> All right. Our question today, Jennifer, when actress Sarah Michelle Geller was five years old, she was legally banned from going to McDonald's. Couldn't go to McDonald's. Barred. By the way, by a court order. What was the reason she wasn't allowed to go to McDonald's anymore? Because she mentioned McDonald's in a Burger King commercial. That is it? Well, yeah, well, that, that's close enough. She appeared in a Burger King commercial that made fun of McDonald's hamburgers. So McDonald's sued Burger King. She was actually named in the lawsuit, even though she was only five years old. And as part of the settlement... She was banned from going to McDonald's. 
Again. It was it, it was a lot of people consider it the first attack ad in the fast food industry because before then they had just said, "Hey, we're great," or "Hey, you know, have it your way." Nobody had ever said we're better than McDonald's, but uh, she said later in in life that she missed out on several birthday parties. <laughs> When she was a kid, because her friends would have birthday parties at McDonald's, and she, she wasn't could, allowed she to go. She couldn't go. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, congratulations. You've got a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. Hold on the line. We'll get some information from you. Um, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, um, I, I have to share this news, because it, it, it's really, really astronomical numbers that are changing hands here. And, and it just, I want to get this lucky and this, this is a person that gets lucky monetarily wise without winning the lottery, but he kind of won the lottery. Um, Dave Portney, uh, you may know him best as uh, the original owner, founder, and developer of Barstool Sports, which, by the way, was the sponsor of one of Boise State's um, bowl games a few years ago. Barstool Sports was the sponsor. Uh, it was the one where it got canceled, I think, uh, because oh, of lightning. It was in Texas. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it it wasn't a great deal for Boise State or, or because Barstool Sports is just a streaming service, was just a sp- streaming service at the time. Since that time, Dave Portney, who was the founder, has sold Barstool Sports, repurchased Barstool Sports, and is now helping ESPN use his service so that ESPN will be able to have gambling on their ESPN website. Barstool Sports is a gambling website. You're not going to believe the numbers here and how lucky Dave Portney was in making this deal. i got to share this with you, with you when we come back after news at the bottom of the hour. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 837. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning. Remember, you can always do more than just listen in. You can take part in the show if you would like, and that's easy to do. Calling us up, 208-336-3700, toll-free. 1-800-529-5264. You can also email us, chris at kboy.com and mike at kboy.com. You can text us, same as our main number. If you want to get me uh, on Facebook, you can uh, send me a personal message on my Facebook page, uh, Mike Casper, spelled with a K, by the way, just so you know. I had to talk about um, the, this story about Barstool Sports because it's just the numbers thrown around are absolutely amazing, and I just... Don't understand how somebody gets so damn lucky, um, not once, not twice, but three different times with the same company. Dave Portney is the uh, founder of Barstool Sports, which is a streaming and gambling co- company. We had talked about Barstool Sports sponsored, what was it the 2020 Arizona Bowl? Is that what you said, Chris? Uh, the 2018 Arizona Bowl was... Uh no, the 2020, you're right, Arizona Bowl was the one canceled because of COVID. And the 2018, uh, what was it? Um, anyway, I think it was, it was, it was it the was, next year. It was the it, next it was, year. It was, it, was in, it was in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That so was, the first, first one was canceled in the first quarter because of thunderstorm, or thunder and lightning storms. Right, that was the one in next 2018, year, yeah. and, and it was two years later. Two years yeah. later, the uh, Arizona Bowl was canceled because That's of COVID. Um, 
and, and people were complaining because they were the only way you were going to be able to see that bowl was streaming on Barstool Sports. Right. All right. So that's what Barstool Sports is. Uh, Dave Portney was uh, the owner. He sold it a few years ago. Okay. To uh, Penn, which is a gambling company. Penn purchased Lock, Stock, and Barrel, everything um, for the thing, and. Dave Portney got $387 million when he sold it to Penn. Earlier this week, Dave Portney bought Barstool Sports back from Penn and paid $1 for it. So once again, a few years ago, $387 million is what he got paid to sell the company. He just bought it back from the company that he sold it to the first time for $1 um, plus non-compete and other restrictive covenants, but but $1 is all he paid for that. So here he got lucky the first time in selling it. I mean, if you're lucky enough to sell any company for $387 million that you started from scratch, first of all, congratulations, nice job, retire and go away. At least that's what I would do. Oh, no. Uh, So now he bought it back. Now, that's not a big deal other than the fact that he now owns the company again. Here's where the big deal comes in. After purchasing the company for $1, he has now struck up a deal with ESPN valued at $2 billion to help ESPN get into the online gambling business. Paid $1 for his company. (laughs) That he originally made, mm-hmm. sold for $387 million, and now turned around. I bet Penn is going, what the hell? We just yeah. got screwed. And now turned around after buying the company for $1 and has gone into business with ESPN to develop a gambling ESPN company. Disney is getting into the gambling business, ladies and gentlemen. How crazy is that? That's very crazy. Um, just simply because they, they try to keep gambling out of sports as much as possible, so it only you know it only really permeates about ninety ninety five percent of it. <laughs> oh man, I just uh, it... <sighs> I want to say so much, but I can't because I'm on the radio. So I'll just say, Dave Portney, congratulations! Yeah. Lightning struck. Three times for you. Other news uh, stories that we're talking about this morning um, have to do with the wildfires currently uh, going on. You're asked uh, if you have if you have a vacation. You're told not to travel to Hawaii right now. Okay. Even even the other islands are saying because of the problems with the fires that are going on. So. You put that vacation out. You're especially told um, not that's, to travel to Maui. That's why I won't go. I love Maui. It, that's nothing it, to do with money. I just don't want to be part of the. Fire. The vacations that I've taken to uh, Maui have only, or to Hawaii, have only been in Maui. I've, I've been twice, and I've only gone to Maui because I just absolutely love Maui. Um, however, there's uh, parts of Maui that no longer exist. These fires took place in widely separated areas. Uh, they were driven by very chaotic winds that reached gusts of up to 80 miles an hour. Uh, in some areas, it was just wildland and brush that burned. In other areas, it was right down in the heart of town. 
We know that there are three wildfires still burning here on Maui. You can smell it in the air. And that historic Lahaina town, it is just gone. You know, this is a place always so filled with joy, filled with aloha. But this morning here, there is extreme sadness, of course, over the loss of life. So uh, wow. my wife has, she's going to be the president of the National Association of Realtors. I've told you that. She has friends that uh, she has worked with, friends that live in, in Maui, um, and has got this message email um, she shared with me this morning. It says, Maui has been devastated, and what has happened is unfathomable to us. Um, need our prayers and support. The loss of life is tragic. Waterfront Lahaina is, for all purposes, just gone. There were several hundred years of historic yeah. in old whaling villages, yeah, yeah, yeah. buildings that have just disappeared. I was going to call them fishing villages, but yeah, whaling and mm-hmm. everything. That, that's a lot of the charm of Hawaii is the old parts. But, you know. And, La- I mean, and Lahaina was probably the number one tourist attraction yeah. on the island for shopping, for food, restaurants, entertainment. So many homes were destroyed and for those that didn't lose their homes, many will have lost their jobs when they wake up today i know our many realtors who lost their homes their offices and so much more the fires were fueled by the high winds of hurricane dora which was 500 miles away from the island but they created a weather pattern that was just devastating um with these fires so i can't even i I can't even imagine and and, i mean she she this person lives in hawaii and, and lahaina if you've ever visited there just being gone is just unfathomable I've been I've been to Hawaii a few times, but I've never been to uh, Maui. Yeah, that's the only place I've ever visited. Absolutely love the island. Easy to get around. I mean, you can drive the whole, basically the whole island in forty five minutes. Yeah. And uh, now one of the the, the major areas gone, Lahaina. Mm. Um, I haven't seen anything yet as because uh, there's like a half a dozen or more uh, huge hotels around. Lahaina, I don't know how they're going to be uh, affected. There's been no report of any uh, any damage to those, just the the older buildings, the, the more historical yeah. ones. Um, golf courses, I haven't heard anything. There's uh, a dozen or more golf courses on the island, and some very famous ones. Uh, PGA uh, kicks off their tour every single year in uh, Maui. That's their first tournament of the year. Um, at the plantation course there, um, but there's also you know other courses that are around Lahaina. There's uh, two other courses around Lahaina and so there are island parts of the island. But there are so many parts of the island that uh, did burn. It's just super super sad. Um, and for those people, they mentioned that job loss. Yeah, ninety percent of the people that live on the island are involved in tourism. That's how they make their living. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're not going to be making a living off tourists for quite a while. You know, j- just because of the reason a lot of the stuff that, that was there that tourists came for, no longer there. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, Doug Meridian, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. My son and daughter-in-law just came back from that area. Um, around almost near the end of July. And my daughter's friend lives in that area. Hmm. Well, was, the, was their vacation interrupted at all, or, or, or did they no, uh, no. get ahead of it? They just, came back, they just came back like on the 22nd of July. Okay. And then this happened. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure where my, my daughter's friend 
did say where she lives, but it, it's close by. Mm. Thanks for the call. Appreciate yeah. it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.52, 71 degrees in downtown Boise. We've got a couple of uh, stories to uh, share with you. Opposing ends of uh, police and the work that they do. Uh, first story uh, I've got for you this morning. Sheriff in Arkansas. The office is being sued after one of its deputies shot, um, tried to shoot a dog that was charging him. Oh, yeah. Little dog, right? As the dog was charging him, he discharged his weapon, missed the dog, and shot the woman, the owner of the dog, in the leg. Tina Height survived getting shot by the officer. Um, the craziest part about this is that you know, it's the horrifically large and monstrously mean Pomeranian. Well, those are tiny. That was attacking a, t- the a, t- a tiny dog was attacking him. Dog weighed all of about eight to ten pounds. So, it, the, so the dog was annoying him to death. Yeah, um, but this police officer apparently um, deemed it dangerous enough that he was going to shoot the dog. You better get back. Very scary. I've never been shot before, so I mean, I knew I was hit. I didn't know how bad. I didn't know. I didn't understand. I hate the fact that you have a police officer like this giving a bad name to other police officers. Good grief. First of all, it's a Pomeranian. It's literally no more than 8 to 10 inches tall. Weighs four. You yeah. can kick the thing and kill it. You don't have to you know, shoot I, at it. I, I don't mean to be cruel either, but I was thinking the same thing. Uh, punting, in this particular case, much easier than shooting. And, and you don't hit the woman. You know what the other thing you could do? Um, grab it by the scruff of the neck and... Well, yeah. It's, it's, it's a small, teeny dog. And yet, here was a guy, discharged his weapon, ended up shooting well, a woman and, in the leg. And, and, and he shot her in the leg, and immediately she starts to scream, and people are trying to point out to him that he just shot her. And he's no, like, I didn't. I, I didn't shoot her. Yeah. Um, but not, and I, I balance this out, because not all cops are bad. Here's another story. Georgia police officer went on a trespassing call recently. Somebody called in because there was uh, a guy, 16-year-old boy, who was in the neighbor's yard. And for some reason, they didn't think that this was right. Turns out the police showed up, and the 16-year-old boy was working for the person who lived there to raise money so he could buy school clothes for his siblings and a PlayStation 5. In other words, he not only had permission to be in the yard. He was doing yard work. He was doing yard work that he was hired to do for this person when some busybody neighbor called and said, Hey, there's a, there's a teenager over there that's up to no good. He's in the yard and he's cleaning. Can you send a police officer to stop this right now? He might get told one thing over the radio, and when you show up on scene, it's something completely different. Somebody just did this 
for you Like, the game is so expensive, you know Somebody just did that for you You can't do nothing but be so excited You gotta give him a hug I didn't do any of this to end up on the news or anything I I was just gonna try to help him out and reach his goal And let him understand that if you work hard and you're honest And, you know, good things will come to you That's the type of police officer that needs to be on the news wow. Not the idiot who shoots a 10-pound dog and actually ends up shooting the owner in the leg instead what did this police officer do for the kid he bought him a, a playstation oh wow so the kid was working on getting trying a, to buy a playstation playstation right. okay. and also clothes for his siblings to go back to school because they, they couldn't afford clothes so that's what he was working there doing and this police officer took his own money so basically the police officer play, uh, police officer's message was uh, here's some money go home it's not safe to work anymore yeah <laughs> apparently <laughs> I just wanted to balance that out, though, just showing, you know, that it, not all cops. I know the, the the cops that do bad get most of the press, but not. And even there, that police officer didn't there's a, didn't there's want a, to show up on the news. There's a kid in my neighborhood. I think he's committing crimes with a rake. Would you invite that kid over to my house to do some crimes? I have some hoeing that needs to be done. Yeah, no kidding. Stick around. When we come back after the top of the hour, I received an email earlier this week from Roseanne. And said, this is a story from right here in Idaho that perfectly illustrates what Jason Aldean meant in his song, Try That in a Small Town. By the way, this happened where I grew up. We'll show that story with you coming up. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. That's Jason Aldean. Try that in a small town. Uh, I played that because Roseanne wrote an email to us earlier this week saying this is a story from right here in Idaho that uh, definitively um, illustrates what Jason Aldean meant in his song, Try That in a Small Town. This happened in a small town, small town that uh, I grew up around, as a matter of fact, up around Grangeville and Kuski, Idaho. When the suspect in a Grangeville vehicle theft fled the scene at a traffic stop in Kuski, four juveniles chased the man down until he got so exhausted he turned himself into <laughs> law enforcement. <laughs> the Montana man faces multiple charges in connection to the incident. Juveniles uh, recognize, as you heard in that news story that Debbie gave you right there, for their efforts in Idaho County. Charges against Brandon Rasmussen resulted from a July incident that started in Grangeville. Rasmussen alleged to have stolen a uh, 1988, 98 Ford Ranger rather, uh, pickup that was uh, sitting at Tackett's Saw Shop in Grangeville. The victim, Julie Stevens, a volunteer with the Animal Rescue Foundation, was assisting members with placing a dog in the shelter, and she left the keys and purse in the vehicle. Mm. What she later found was missing. Grangeville Police Department responded and broadcast an attempt to locate on the stolen vehicle. Shortly thereafter, an Idaho County Sheriff's Officer Deputy named uh, uh, Jerem Lee spotted the pickup truck in Kuski, which is about half hour, 45 minutes from Grangeville, and initiated a traffic stop. According to the report, the driver later identified as Rasmussen allegedly fled uh, the scene on foot. And at this time, uh, four juveniles 
who were just coming out of a grocery store, witnessed the suspect run away from the scene, and then started chasing him through the neighborhoods. Also on foot? Also on foot. Finally, the uh, Rasmussen had had enough and (laughs) was extremely tired (laughs) and just finally gave up and said, fine, you caught me. The uh, sheriff said it looked like they ran the hide right off of him. (laughs) (laughs) Remington, uh, the sheriff, who was the sheriff that uh, made the arrest, by the way, also reported, I observed one of the juveniles offer a cupcake to Rasmussen from a large plastic cupcake container he was carrying the whole time that he was chasing after him. That's funny. The juvenile later indicated that, that, that he is, had just purchased them at the store. That is one benevolent <laughs> vigilante. Carried them with him during the foot pursuit. Only in Idaho. Only in a small town. Lesson learned. Don't try that in a small town. That is so awesome. <laughs> hey, let's run him down. Now, to be, to be fair, the police don't really recommend that you run down uh, criminals because some of them are armed. Prob- yeah, prob- probably but not. It, but in this case, it worked out. Yeah. So they've uh, now been recognized. You heard in that story, they've, they, they all got uh, challenge coins from the office and were uh, recognized. And, of Great. course, the uh, woman who lost her purse and the car was very appreciative to uh, get those all back. So Modelo writes in, that's probably actually the, uh, the, 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 t- the title or the uh, subject instead of just the name. But anyway, where it says name, they wrote Modelo. And says, did the anti-wokers mess up or did my Googling? Modelo is owned by AB, right? Anheuser-Busch. At least in uh, all the world but U.S. Don't they also own Budweiser? Fact check me, please. Either way, funny how we boycotted a historically American-born beer only to replace it with a historical Mexican beer. Oops. Um, no. They Okay, Anheuser-Busch itself, it's, it's kind of a technicality. They sort of do and sort of don't. Anheuser-Busch itself is a division of what's now called AB InBev. All right, so it's a major corporation. It's based in Belgium, and they own Anheuser-Busch, which is still based in St. Louis. They also own Modelo, but operated completely separately. It's based in Mexico. And Modelo is the one that also makes, by the way, Pacifico or, and uh, uh, Corona. Mm-hmm. So if, if you've ever stood there and, and tried to decide which Mexican beer to get, they're all made in the same place. So just, you know. Anyway, uh, and they own uh, InBev, which uh, is, like I said, based in Belgium. They have Stella Artois, and they have uh, Beck's, and a, they have a few others. They have 200 beers at the Right, own. they have a bunch. So uh, the beer industry really is uh, owned by just a few companies. Right. However, Modelo and uh, Anheuser-Busch are completely separate, but owned by the same major company. So yes and no but probably more yes than no. What happened was um, when Anheuser-Busch bought Modelo, they were forced by the U.S. Yeah. government to well, the government, divest themselves because they owned too much. Yeah, they, the government didn't want them to have a monopoly right. in the United States, so they sort of divested and then pretended not to have a monopoly. I, I bet they wish they could go back and say, hey, let's sell Bud Light and keep Modelo. Well, you never know. <laughs> I think they would just be happy but, that all but, this all this be, Light, is, would be finally over. Bud Light did lose some uh, uh, some customers, but they didn't lose everybody. I mean, it's still very popular. I think it's still number two after Modelo. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens by the end of the year. I mean, because up until this happened, 
they had been not just number one by a little bit. They were number one by a bunch yeah. over Modelo. So, uh, and like we said, they, I mean, they've lost over $300 million this year because of this whole PR somebody, nightmare that they've, somebody they've online, gone through. Somebody online, somebody says, you know, we're, we're boycotting uh, Bud Light because they approve of uh, transgender lifestyle. And some guy wrote in, duh, transgenders drink beer too, idiot. Apparently not as much as people thought. Well, <laughs> the, the, especially the, the, the when people, you're when you're talking transgender. Clearly, clearly, the people who protest that sort of thing do have some <laughs> buying power. Um, when you're when you're talking about you know the the percentage uh, of Americans, you know the transgender community is less than one percent of one percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. When you're however, looking, they do how have much, how much uh, if it's less than one yeah. percent of one percent of the total population. Right. However, they're not how out much there. of that is actually the percentage of a beer drinking. But population. again, they're not out there by themselves because there is an entire LGBTQ community, and there are people who support them who you know are straight. So uh, it's just kind of a it's it's a it's it's an American cultural thing. I mean, you do you pay with your or you uh, you vote with your wallet most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah, which I guess Anheuser Busch is finding out. Uh, another thing having to do with your wallet, and this is good news for all of us, by the way, unless you don't like tacos, which, you know, if you don't like tacos, you're un-American. Oh, no, wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it kind of does, actually. Taco Bell is uh, ready to celebrate uh, Taco John's decision last month to drop its Taco Tuesday lawsuit over trademark ownership. Yeah. The big celebration will begin on September 12th. Mark it down on your calendar. Let me guess. Tuesday? Tuesday, All right. September 12th. A Taco Tuesday, Taco Bell and food delivery service DoorDash will put $5 million towards orders from any participating vendor selling Mexican food. So if this isn't just for Taco Bell. They've put $5 million in it for free food from any seller selling Mexican food here in the United States. Now, the details are still being worked out. They'll be revealed before Taco Tuesday, September 12th. But between now and then, Taco Bell will give away free seasoned beef nacho cheese Dorito Loco tacos every Tuesday starting next Tuesday, including the 22nd, 29th, and September 5th. The offer is good at participating Taco Bell locations on delivery orders and in the Taco Bell app, and uh, it is only good for one taco per person, per day, per location, no purchase necessary. So um, if you want to spend the gas money to drive around to the different, what, 10 different Taco Bell locations and pick up your free taco next Tuesday, you, you can do that. It's good to have a hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, if you don't know what's going on here, Taco John's, based in Cheyenne, Wyoming, owned the trademark reg- registration for Taco Tuesday in 49 states for more than 40 years. Another business called Gregory's, Owned the trademark in New Jersey. Now, if a restaurant or company Gregory's, legally Gregory's Tacos, yeah, you know, okay. legally wanted to use Taco Tuesday in their branding or advertising, they had to obtain permission from Taco John's. Mm-hmm. Taco Bell launched a petition in April of this year asking Taco John's to release the trademark of Taco Tuesday because they said uh, the fast food chain wanted the phrase to be free to use by anyone to make, sell, eat, and celebrate tacos. Then in May, Taco Bell filed an appeal to the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board, part of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, to cancel Taco Bell's trademark registration that they've had for the past 40 years. Now, 
Last month, then, Taco John's agreed to abandon its trademark for the phrase, um, saying themselves, we've always prided ourselves on being the home of Taco Tuesday, but paying millions of dollars to lawyers to defend our mark just doesn't feel right and would have been dumb, according to Taco John's CEO, Jim Creel. They don't make they don't make money. That that's the crazy part about this thing is they didn't charge people to use Taco Tuesday. You just had to get permission. Yeah, just permission. You just had to get permission. Like it's like Boise State. If you want to use a different colored field on any college in the country, Boise State doesn't charge money for that. You just have to get permission from Boise State to be able to do that. The Taco Tuesday phrase is was was similar. Is now, it ended up being good for charities. It ended up being good for all this uh, because the company donated, uh, Taco John's, by the way, um, a donated $40,000 to the nonprofit organization Children of Restaurant Employees, which supports restaurant workers and children in need. And then Taco Bell, in response, said, well, we better do something good, too. Since we started this whole fiasco, they donated $1 million in partnership with Taco Bell Foundation, which provides scholarships for employees and supports non profit groups and communities taco bell's free taco promotion not only serves as a thank you they said to those who supported the free taco tuesday effort but also spotlights local restaurants and vendors who can now embrace taco tuesdays without fear of legal action that headline again free tacos so the tacos have been free Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact it all gets underway next tuesday and then uh that's the crazy part is the five million dollars that taco bell put in and you don't even have to get a taco. Well, you might, if you don't, that's you just like Mexican food from a different location. That's on September twelfth, right? Yeah. Gonna, okay. So write, write that down. We have to order breakfast on. <laughs> are, are there? I was Mexican just going to ask. Food. It's weird. I was going to ask. Are there any Mexican places that are open for the, breakfast? The, the other day, we got some burritos here for breakfast, just for fun. That was not a Mexican. I, I know it wasn't a Mexican restaurant. It was from McDonald's. That was from Le, uh, but, El McDonald's. Exactly. But. Uh, but we did get burritos, and they were delivered by DoorDash. KVOI News Time, 917. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KVOI. 922-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Email us, Chris at KBY.com and Mike at KBY.com. You can also text us, same as our main number. Herschel uh, writes in, Not sure if you guys noticed another example of how bad the mainstream media is this past weekend. I'm not talking about you guys. You guys are great. Well, thank mm-hmm. you, Herschel. Talking much. about CNN, NBC, ABC, and NBC, two of the biggest stories this past week were Trump being indicted and congressional hearings on Biden trying to prove that uh, Joe did talk to Hunter about his business dealings and also partook in phone calls with Hunter and foreign business leaders to discuss the weather. These weekend shows usually talk and rehash about the biggest political news stories of the week. How many times were the congressional hearings and Devin Archer discussed on those shows? Not once. MSM, mainstream media, is pushing a narrative and not the news. One has to ask why that is. I don't, um, I don't have an answer. Archer's testimony was not exactly damning. Well, it kind of was. There's no smoking gun as he, of yet. He said that. He said that. Yeah, Hunter Biden would put his dad on to talk to uh, clients and stuff like that. But he's, as far as he knew, they never took any money for anything in particular. So. 
how many times has Biden lied in the past three years that he has never, ever discussed business with Hunter or been involved in any way with Hunter's business? If you're on a phone call when Hunter Biden is talking business, you're involved in that business. And he said over and over and over again that he never has. And Hunter has said, well, and here's Hunter saying he has. Here's Devin Archer saying he has. In his explanation, it was, uh, you know, Hunter introducing people to his uh, vice president dad, and that was all there was to it. They didn't, you know, stay and have a business meeting. So why is it, and why is that then? I don't know. Exactly. You don't question that at all? I, I know why Hunter did it. Hunter did it to make money. Exactly. So how is he? How is he exactly making money off this? Is it because he's an expert on oil and gas? No. Is it because he's an expert on hookers, blow, and cocaine? <laughs> that doesn't seem right. But because why would these businesses pay him millions and millions of dollars? Like like all people who uh, are even moderately famous, they think you must know something, so they they hire you to do stuff. The head of Burisma said that Hunter Biden was dumber than his dog. There we go. So again, and I ask. The, the head of Burisma, the guy who was paying him then. Right. Okay. So again, I ask, if he is dumber than your dog, he has no expertise on anything you're doing. Mm-hmm. The only thing he has is the fact that is a link is to the vice president of the United States. The fact that he's Joe Biden's son. That's it. Right. Yeah. So you have to ask, why in the heck then is he getting all this money? Is it? Because they really liked him? Is it, no. why, why did they pay for a brand new Porsche? Probably because they wanted to somehow influence Joe Biden. There you go. But it doesn't mean they did. Doesn't mean they didn't. True. Now, they, I, I 100% admit that, that so far there has been no smoking gun. And President Biden, by the way, could easily end this whole conversation tomorrow. He can just go, and, and he's, he's basically said it. He hasn't had proof of it, but he, he said, where's the money? All he has to do is say, look, you guys are claiming that, you know, I took money, I took bribes, whatever. Here, I'm going to give you access to uh, my bank accounts. Full access. You can look at it all you want, mm-hmm. try and find out, you know, where this money. I mean, so far, all they've been able to prove is the Biden family took $20 million so far from all these companies. Here's the other question. If you're taking money, why do you set up secret companies shell organizations to take the money if it's fully above and beyond board i don't understand it and then yesterday here's the other thing yesterday even after devin archer said that it happened and hunter biden has now said that it happened president biden yesterday um said that the accusations that he has sat in with or been on hunter biden's business calls are not true so who's lying you have two Two people have been proven to have lied in the past saying exact opposite things. You have Hunter Biden saying, yeah, dad would be on, and, and Devin Archer too, his business partner saying that there were over 20 times that right. Hunter would call dad while he was in a business meeting and they would talk about the weather, which makes no sense, but okay. And then you have President Joe Biden yesterday saying that he has never, ever sat on any of his son's business unless, calls or business meetings. Unless Sonny meant buy and, and uh, Rainy meant sell. <laughs> <laughs> another, another time quoting one of my favorite movies. Buy! They're selling, Mortimer! Except, okay, here's the story. Here's the story from yesterday. It says House Oversight Republicans laid out their intention to accuse President Joe Biden of corruption 
even without direct evidence that he financially benefited from Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, a clear shift in their strategy that they said was launched to investigate the president. And you've already seen a shift by President Biden and the White House administration for the last few years. They've said he's had never talked to his son about or his brother about any of their business dealings ever. Now, the White House last week changed that context and saying they've never been in business together. They've stopped saying that they have never talked business and have now changed the narrative to, well, they've never actually been in business together. It's still, it, it still stinks. It, it's still, you have to ask well, questions okay, and go, what makes more what's, sense here? Here's what's, here's what's going to vault it to the top of the news. If they charge somebody, Hunter Biden or Joe Biden, with something. And it would be nice if they would hurry. Well, I think it would send it to the top of some news, maybe not CNN, MSNBC, and CBS. If they actually charged him with something, even even the ones that were mad about that would still lead off the news with it. Probably they would say Biden falsely accused something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like I said, the two newspapers in town, one of them liked the mayor, one didn't, and so uh, one day something happened. The next day in the newspaper, one of the one of them, the headlines said. Uh, Mayor saves baby from dog yeah. mauling, and the other one said, uh, "Mayor kills beloved family pet." Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon Wireless. You can also email us if you want to get through. Uh, email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. You can text us. Uh, a couple of uh, emails and texts. Uh, text message says, there will never be a sco- smoking gun with regards to Joe Biden. We must use common sense. When companies and countries repeatedly pay for influence, obviously they're getting influence. If they paid once and quit paying, you could question whether or not it was effective. When they pay year after year, obviously they're getting what they paid for. Biden is guilty of treason. No name on that one. Jan in Boise says, and how many shell companies does Trump have? What I have read, it seems quite a few huge and rich businesses have shell companies. That's true. Uh, You don't know exactly how many shell companies people have simply because the idea of a shell company is that nobody's supposed to know who owns them. And they're just a place, you know, where you can do things somewhat in secret that they do have to, you know, record their records and things like that. But the reason they have them offshore is because offshore there are different rules, and you mentioned Trump. Um, well, this- and and, and the, the Trump organization owns five hundred businesses. This is why there are people who don't care that he's had like five bankruptcies or something like that. Because it wasn't the Trump organization; it was businesses owned by the Trump mm-hmm. organizations. And when you have five hundred businesses and five of them went bankrupt, some people just will not care about that. Well, and is is bankruptcy a form of you know doing good business? Not the bankruptcy itself. I'm saying the bankruptcy itself is a failure well, it's better of than that just, business. It's better than just abandoning it, I suppose. Yeah. But, I mean, bankruptcy is a, a legal use that many people and many businesses use. But the problem with, I mean, the, the problem with the shell corporations that were started by uh, the Bidens is people are like, well, the Bidens aren't independently wealthy, so something is going on. The other, the other problem that you see, that 
you see with this too is it, it, since you brought up Trump, you know, which is kind of whataboutism, but it, since you brought it up, um, I'll use the whatabout argument. Actually, Jan brought it up, but okay. That, that's why I'm talking to Jan. <laughs> um, when you when you brought it up, it's like, okay, let me ask you this: What would Democrats are now saying? Hey, there's no smoking gun here. There's nothing to see. There's no there there. Um, what would they be saying had Donald Trump Jr. done the exact same thing? Well, uh, Donald J- Trump Jr. didn't, but uh, the, uh, what's his name did? Um, the brother-in-law. You, you know what I'm talking about. Um, can't think of his name. <sighs> took took money to try and no, no, influence no, no. Trump. No, no, set up shell corporations. Oh, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not talking about Kushner, setting up the Jared, yeah, Jared Jared Kushner. Kushner. I'm not talking about setting up right. the shell corp- corporation. I'm right. talking about had Donald Trump done exactly the same thing that Hunter Biden is being accused of mm-hmm. to influence Donald Trump. Do you think Democrats would be losing their mind right now instead of saying there's there's no there there? Well, I mean they they are accusing him of all sorts of things like the money that Kushner got from the Saudis and stuff like that. They they want to know. You know what part of that was influenced, mm-hmm. but again, but again, you that's, can't. You that's can't, not a Democrat. You, so again, you can't really prove those things, no matter who did it. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to prove unless you see something in writing that says, "I'll give you this for this." It's an even trade. Um, another email in no name says, "For example, you could see a man holding a loaded gun to another man's head in a room. You could leave the room and hear the shot, hear the body hit the floor, go back in the room, see the lifeless body on the floor. Mm-hmm. You could not say you saw the killing, yet you know damn well what just happened. The Biden cover-up is kind of the same thing without right. the murder, of course. <laughs> and and in court, if they ask you, did you see the shooting? You would say no, but here's what I did see." Um, Joe, uh, this is from Joe text message says, uh, Joe here again. It's so funny how you guys have all those. What about isms? Uh, what about Hunter? What about Joe? Um, actually those aren't what about ism. We were actually talking about that news story. Right. That's not a what about ism. I can play that game as well. What about Jared Kushner, Ivanka and the Trump crime family? Not only has Trump been indicted, but, uh, JD should investigate Jared's $2 billion Saudi deal and Ivanka's China dealings. If Hunter Biden did the same thing, I want it investigated. The GOP would never investigate Trump. And I just alluded to a couple of those things. I didn't write that. Though. Because they are so. uh, weak and scared of Trump. It's truly pathetic. They had two years to investigate. They controlled uh, the House and the hearings. They could have investigated any time. Now the GOP is in control, so they run... What hearings? Everybody's. Happen. I mean, if you own five hundred businesses, or if you're the president of the United States, there's always somebody investigating something, and they should. And we should find out if there are shady dealings, and you know, if we can prove it and do something about it. No matter who yeah. the president is, or no matter what party they represent. Well, and that's just it. I mean, there are questions here, and like I admit, there. So far, I haven't seen a smoking gun. I don't think anybody has proved that there is a smoking gun. However, when you look at it on the outside looking in, you got to go, okay, what what the hell's going on here? Because, well, it's it's like it's like the guy said, you and I, mean, I aren't going to be paid for you, our expertise. A person's not stupid; they can put two and two together. It's like, well, you guys used to not have uh, millions of dollars, and now you do. What's the deal? And what are they going to say? I don't remember where I got it. Um, I have a dollar in my wallet. I don't remember why it's there. Can I have it? But it's only, I suppose. I'll help with influence with my I, dad. I, I think it's been in there for six months. <laughs> I don't use uh, cash much. Another uh, text message uh, here, and then we'll move on. Um, one thing you guys are forgetting is Biden has never been in business. He has been a politician his entire life, so why would he need any well, companies? Be, and again, yeah, why set up shell corporations mm-hmm. when you don't? Own a corporation of any kind. 
Fa- the uh, final 10 or 15 minutes we have on the show, I wanted to bring this uh, up and see what your thoughts are. Five people affiliated with the night- white nationalist hate group Patriot Front are now suing a Seattle area man who they say infiltrated their group and disclosed their identities online. Lawsuit was filed in U.S. District Court for Western Washington. Seattle Times reported yesterday the suit accuses David Capito, who was 37 years old, of using a false name in 2021 when Patriot Front accepted him as a member. Then Caputo allegedly took photos of the group's uh, gatherings, recorded members' license plates, used hidden microphones to record conversations, according to the lawsuit. Lawsuit also alleges that around November 2021, Caputo got in touch with uh, anarchist hackers known for targeting far-right groups who helped him access Patriot Front's online chats. Resulting leaks published online exposed the names, occupations, home addresses, and other identifying information about the group's members who had sought to hide their involvement. At a deeper level, this complaint, the lawyer said, uh, for the Patriot Group, seeks to vindicate the rule of law and basic principles of free expressions for persons who espouse unpopular opinions, unquote, the lawsuit said. The Patriot Front lawsuit lays out the group's racist ideology in describing its collective objective, reforge our people born to this nation of our European race as a new collective capable of asserting our rights to cultural independence, unquote, it describes the group's action as provocative but nonviolent. As a result of the members' identities surfacing on the Internet, the five plaintiffs say that they were fired from their jobs, threatened at their homes, and have had their tires slashed, among other consequences, according to the lawsuit. Three of the plaintiffs have Washington State ties. Colton Brown, who lived near Maple Valley, led the state's Patriot Front chapter. James Julius Johnson and his wife, Amelia Johnson, are Two of the others, Brown and James Julius Johnson, were among the 31 Patriot Front members arrested in Coeur d'Alene last year and charged with planning to riot at the Pride event. Johnson and four other men were convicted of misdemeanor conspiracy to riot and sentenced last month to several days in jail and pay a $1,000 fine. The lawsuit seeks unspecified economic and punitive damages from Compito and an order barring him from using the Patriot Front members' personal information again. I think that uh, that horse that horse has left the building. My question to you, because I mean, yeah, people would say, "Well, this is you know free speech." Does he have the right to infiltrate in, infiltrate a group like the Patriot Front as he did, and then post members' names online? That's all he did. Most yeah. where they work, where they where their jobs were. He didn't accuse them of doing anything bad. He just posted, and then people took it from there based on what Patriot Front, according to their own website, their own membership, what they do, and what they're known for. So yeah, they, it's a po- unpopular opinion, and people didn't like it. You have the right to think and be a part of the Patriot Front group. That is part of the First Amendment, your free speech rights. However, as we are common to saying on this show, you have the right to free speech, but that doesn't mean there are no repercussions when it comes to that free speech. So my question, uh, just to you, because we're not we're not lawyers, and we're going to see where this court case goes, if it, it does have merit, if it will be, number one, heard, by the court, and number two, if there are any damages being done. But 
your just your opinion here, and we we've got one more segment on the way. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Um, is David Capito guilty of anything here for? Yeah, well, I mean, infiltrating the group and then putting their names. What this is going to what this is going to try to figure out is it okay for you to hang out with people using a false name and then report to everybody else what they're doing? Yeah. Like I said, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just I'm just curious. We get to play, um, you know, amateur lawyers right. here. So if you've always wanted to play a lawyer on the radio, here's your chance to do it. 208-336-3700. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 950. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Patriot front, me- front members suing a man for allegedly infiltrating their organization under false pretenses. In other words, he doesn't believe in their same beliefs. He just infiltrated under a made-up name so that he could out the people in the Patriot group, and I don't know if his plan the whole time was that these people get fired or not, or if that was just a you know a nice byproduct for him that five of the members that were basically put out online and, yeah. and outed ended up getting fired. Some of them had their tires slashed. They had threats going on. I don't know if, like I said, I'm not a lawyer. Um, and this whole thing is personal opinion. We're just taking your personal opinion. I I don't know if he has a case. Uh, Patriot members here, by the way. You know, I don't I, I don't know if I, the I Patriot know. members have a case. Here. And I don't know whether they they do. Be, part of what they said in there is anybody would find this offensive. Well, yes, but things you find offensive, you can't necessarily you know win a lawsuit about them, and you can't necessarily win a lawsuit because somebody lied to you. Uh, you know, using a false name or something like that. The the only lie that was told in this whole thing, by the way, is the lie of the name that he made up so that he could infiltrate the group. Yeah, now, so, he, so he could be a member, but not under his real name. I don't know what the laws are in Washington State as it comes to recordings, but they're not suing him for that because he secretly recorded, secretly took pictures. Yeah. It's their own words. Um, it, it's It's from their own membership on what their goals, plans hopes and dreams are and he just he just shared that along with the names and addresses and where these people work you know is it sneaky yeah is it against the law is it is it going to be something that a judge it's, is going to actually, go yes it's punitive damages are going to be 10 million dollars for doing this if if he you know had been working for uh, a newspaper doing it then i suppose he could just say freedom of the press right yeah and like we said i mean even though there is freedom of the press you still won't have freedom of repercussions. True. You have protection uh, from the government for throwing you in prison, which is not, as, it's not as what we know. And as we know, you can do something that is perfectly legal and is constitutional and still get sued for it. Yeah. Um, you can still have repercussions. You know, it happens all the time. That uh, I, I mean, it, this is a different subject, but it's almost the exact same thing that happened with the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. They have the right to hire whoever they want mm-hmm. as their spokesperson. They have the right to support whoever they want. 
However, as you mentioned this morning, people vote with their pocketbook, and sure. they really came out and voted and, with their pocketbook. And people pocketbook. have a react, or people have a right to react to what companies do, what organizations do, however they want. I mean, Anheuser Busch didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do anything illegal. They didn't even do anything. Well, some people would say maybe immoral, but for the most part, they didn't do anything that that wasn't moral. Yet. There were repercussions for their beliefs. And this is kind of the same thing. It, there's going to be repercussions for the Patriot Front belief. I just, personal opinion, I don't, I don't think it's going to be going anywhere. But who knows? It will. We'll find out if they get their day in court. Gary, uh, Nampa, you got about 30 seconds here. You're going to have to be quick. Yeah, I, it seems like the only reason he did this was to intentionally harm these individuals. And I think that would present some type of criminal charge well it, it won't be a criminal charge they've already determined that but well, well, it, it but he may but they they may be able to win the lawsuit based on those intentions thank you for the call gary appreciate it yeah i i and like i said it's like he, the only thing you can say okay he didn't do right was and, and it's not even against the law he mm-hmm. didn't give his real name when he joined the organization that's now he did basically you can say that's their own fault they didn't vet him very well he did bug their conversations yeah and i don't know what laws are in washington you, you know do they have two party here in idaho he could have done it legally and been fine washington may be yeah. one of those states where you have to have uh permission from both parties to be able to record something but that's about it for today we're going to wrap things up uh, we're going to go on a 20-hour break. We'll be back tomorrow for a Friday show. Don't forget, as usual, every Friday it will be Open Phones Friday, and we'll talk about anything and everything you want. Have yourself a great day. Talk to you tomorrow.